Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso. I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, it seems from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when even the experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how can we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace is processing and praying about these things for all of us, and we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. So let's go ahead and dive in today. Jeff, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Excellent. What makes you great today? I got. I went on vacation, and I got <laughs> far, far away from Joe Caruso. <laughs> that You know what's funny? My wife says the same. No. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's great, Jeff. I missed you, too. Um, <laughs> Well, here we are. Today is going to be a little bit different. So as um, many of you that are listening might know, if you've heard more than one episode, is uh, we have the ability for you to submit questions to us. And so we would love for you to do that. We love answering your questions. We love diving into all that. And we had a few that we thought might have a chance to be kind of rapid fire. And so just spend a couple of minutes on each of these and see where we get. But uh, we don't rehearse these. So if you're listening, like maybe this first topic will take our 20 plus minutes. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. our goal, our thought is that we're going to hit multiple topics today. So, But uh, I plan on dragging it out. That's fantastic. You might want to up the speed. Double to speed. Like 1.8 or double something. Double speed. Very good. I can't listen to podcasts not on double speed now. Like... I'm so used I can do I can do one and a half. Double speed, uh, everybody sounds like Mickey Mouse to me, and I can't. It does and, depend on the speaker. Yeah, but I naturally sound like Mickey Mouse, so <laughs> to put me on double speed, I'm right there with calling Donald a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the, uh, I'll, I'll keep it nameless, one of the listening services I use, I would swear to you that if you go to one, t- like normal speed, they slowed it down. Like, yeah, yeah. It, I'm like, there's no way that reader reads this slowly. I, yeah, I, I think I, I don't know. every once in a while you hit that, and I have to speed them up too. But. So anyway, all right. Well, here's our first question, Jeff. Let's go ahead and dive in. Um, someone, a listener, submitted: What makes some things a sin and some not? Here's Here's their specific uh, example. Like, for instance, why is the F word a cuss word, but then something like crap isn't? Like, how, how there seems to be a randomness to, oh, don't say that four-letter word, but this yeah. one, go ahead, for, you know, go for it. And neither of them re, um, refer to, like, nice things. Like, right, right. So why does God seem to choose these? How does that work? And how can we navigate that? <clears throat> That's a great question. So, um the God doesn't choose which cuss words are cuss words. <laughs> um, those are all culturally There's based. no Jesus lexicon on cuss words? That's right. So <clears throat> cuss words that are cuss words today weren't cuss words uh, years ago. Like there, there are words that um, I said and said freely in high school, uh, which would have been 30 years ago, that are deeply offensive today and we didn't know that and didn't think that you know and so even the f word is a acronym right you know and so it 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 stands for for unlawful carnal knowledge and so it wasn't a cuss word well i think that's what's going through people's heads when they use the f word yeah they're actually (laughs) rattling off that acronym i'm sure of it i'm confident (laughs) of it (laughs) so so the only the only thing that the scripture would specifically forbid so to say is the taking of the lord's name in vain Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and ironically uh, saying "Oh my God" or using Jesus's name in vain is some of the most frequent things that we say when when the scripture would say respect and honor the Lord's name. But so, anyways, just to be clear, there's not a list of cuss words uh, in the Bible because they're different in every culture. Here's what the Bible's after. The Bible says this: that over out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when Ephesians 4 and other places says, like, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, what what the Scripture is saying is this, is fill your heart with the person of Christ and allow your heart to be controlled by the Holy Spirit so that what flows out of your mouth is godly, it's encouraging, it's praiseworthy, it's admirable, uh, it, it builds other people up. And the reason that cuss words are cuss words is because we use them in anger or we use them as condemnations or curses or um, or accusations. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the Bible is looking at. So saying the F word in anger and saying crap in anger really is not, there's no difference it's the control of the heart. Mm-hmm. And so allowing peace to reign in your heart, uh, allowing God to control your tongue that James talks about, that's really the issue that, that God is speaking at. And then the reason why we would say, like I would say all the time, don't be Captain F-bomb, it's not because being Captain F-bomb or saying the F-word is the worst thing spiritually you could do but because it's one of the most readily identifiable words in our culture that would communicate anger or cursing. Mm-hmm. I'm cursing a person and, uh, or, and, and calling that down on them, and that's really what the Bible's after. So uh, that's not a license you know, to go say whatever you want. It's actually the opposite, to guard every word, to guard the thought, to take it captive, to guard the tongue, and uh, and to really surrender that to the Lord. So what flows out of your mouth is God-honoring. Yeah, you mentioned that verse in Ephesians 4, and it says only use what is helpful for building others up. And if we're being honest with ourselves, especially if you're listening and maybe you have a language that's colorful, yeah, <laughs> um, does that ever really build anybody up? Right. You know, and so, yeah, that's that's hard I should say that's easy to start to understand. Now, maybe these are the things that God should start to work on me with. Does that give us license? Should we use like the the Christian replacement words? You know, is that better? Is that indifferent? How does that work? I I think it's all how, you know. So I I, I used to uh, be around a person that would replace the S word with sugar. <laughs> and she would say, oh, sugar, all oh, sugar. And I'm like, just say it. You know, I was like, what are we doing? And and I'm like, I don't think so. I mean, if if it per, if it turns your mind there um, to the actual curse word, then I don't think so. I, I but I don't want to be legalistic about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, if you say that's a bunch of baloney, or you know, whatever, just you guys can fill in all the blanks. I don't need to do it for you. Um, I think we communicate with language, and so sometimes when we communicate we'll purposely use a stronger language so that the point is received differently um but i don't think like 
that word's a horrible word and the Christian substitute word's not, and so you got off the hook. Right. I don't, that's not the intention of Scripture at all. The intention of Scripture is make sure that your heart reflects the heart of God, and and we're told not to call people fools, for instance. We're told not to call down curses and and things like that. And I'm like, that's because it's not our place, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's not a reflection of Christ's love within us. So I think you also just hinted at an episode that could be in our future, which is don't call people fools. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be all over our culture right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's a thing, right? Yeah. So the, um, yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for that. Uh, I hope that helps our listener just kind of understand like the heart behind why those would be an issue. Let's move on to our next question. This listener, um, this one, they want to talk about yoga. Does the Bible say anything about it? Is there uh, a reason for a Christian to engage or not to engage yoga? In particular, um, they realize that it has some like Eastern spiritual backgrounds, which is why it seems like it might be a point of contention, but they've also done it as an exercise. And with some of their, uh, this person said they've had some anxiety and panic things. They have had, have Crohn's. There's some other things physically in their life. Mm -hmm. And the exercise seems to help their body navigate those things a little bit better. So they're curious because they want to follow Christ only. What is, is there a line that needs to be drawn? What does the Bible say about yoga? Is that something that's a a Christ follower could practice? Yeah, I think the Bible would say uh, the things of the world are not necessarily unclean, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like the, the the context of that is what we eat and food like that. But there's there's lots of secular or or mystic things that we would participate in that have their roots in that that we now have redeemed differently. Um, a good example of this would be Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the, the Puritans uh, did not celebrate Christmas. In fact, they'd throw you in jail if you did. And so the Christmas tree, Santa Claus, most of the Christmas decorations in your basement would have been had their roots in a pagan holiday. Actually, Easter, the word, is rooted in a pagan holiday also. Um, so there's lots of things like that that we that we have taken from a culture, we've redeemed it, and now we use those things to point to Christ. Um, uh, there's probably no easier example than us talking to people over the internet right now, <laughs> right? So the internet is the the most immoral, filthy place that you can possibly go on planet Earth but we're redeeming it mm-hmm. to talk about Jesus and to and to use it for things that benefit him. So I think about yoga that way. Um, Heidi and I own, a, with our with our partners, we own a, a high gear fitness, high gear CrossFit and fitness. We do yoga. I've done yoga. I've done it a lot. Helps my back a lot. Um, I'm not thinking of Eastern mystic gods. I'm thinking of how long do I have to hold this pose and I am so unflexible. <laughs> so, and the terms, you know, the down dog and up dog and, you know, they're they're like, well, that has its roots in it. I'm like, well, that's, so does Easter and the, the term Easter and the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not going to a place of worship, uh, in that time, um, then you are just doing an exercise. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that exercise to music and, and the end of that exercise is relaxation, 
I'm like, right. So meditate on Christ and relax a little bit. I, I know at our, our gym, we don't do this all the time. A lot of times they'll do it to worship music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, it's, it's just music and it's just exercise. Uh, I remember this conversation a lot when I was a kid about martial arts. Sure. Yep. Cause Buddha would often be in the dojo and you bow to your sensei and I'm like, eh, I got it and I understand its roots or you're there exercising or cause you want to try, you know, chop a board. That doesn't mean that you forsook Christ and you started worshiping another person. Now, is it rooted in that? Sure. Uh, I mean, I don't think we should be vague about that. I think a lot of things are rooted in that and mm-hmm. rooted in godlessness. Sure. And, uh, and, 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 uh, but we redeem it or simply don't interact with it that way. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you're doing yoga and they're like, get in touch with your spirit guide and they will bring in her healing. I would get out of that yoga class. Yep. Um, if you're doing yoga and they're like, um, take a deep breath and try to relax and stretch your body in an awkward position. That's the yoga class I go to once in a while. <laughs> and, and, and I am not very good at it to be frank <laughs> about it. <laughs> so that's awesome. I think we would all benefit from having a uh, Instagram story series of you doing yoga. It would it would certainly be a comical <laughs> thing. I'm the most inflexible human being, which is why I probably should go do yoga more uh, because I need to stretch. But um, but I hate everything that involves physical exercise. So I have to motivate myself for all those things. Yeah. You and I have teased about that before. If we could just switch or if we could combine what we're decent at, like you, you're pretty good on the day to day basis of eating relatively healthier. I know you, you flex every once in a while. I, on the other hand, I like working out. I'll work out three, four, five, six days a week. I'll get up at four forty-five in the morning to go do it. Yeah, I just love to eat. And like, if we yeah. could somehow combine those two, we'd be we'd machines. Be, between us, we'd be in shape. The, the, <laughs> yeah, extra. I I wish I loved it. Like my my wife Heidi and actually several of my kids. They love exercise. They mm-hmm. loved it, and I'm like. I, I like to play basketball and tennis. I like to do things, but I'm like, uh, I wish I looked forward to that, but I don't. It's a pure <laughs> discipline for me. And um, yeah. so sometimes yoga is an outplay of that discipline for me. Uh, but I have never been like, you know what I want to do today? Yoga. I, that, has never, <laughs> that has never happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> You know, it was really helpful for me once not to digress too much, but a guy that I work out with who is in ridiculous shape, like I I hate that guy already. I kind of do on a regular basis, actually. But one day we were out doing a warm up jog together. It's a half mile warm up jog. See, to me, that's the route. I'm done. Yeah. Well, yep. Well, as we were doing this jog under his breath, he goes, man, I hate this. And I just looked at him and I'm like, wait, you hate this? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, it gave me so much freedom. I, I just thought I was this weirdo that sometimes like, why do I work out? Why do I even try? And I'm like, oh, even the in-shape people. Okay, that was helpful. Yeah, but. that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was great. Uh, I hope that's helpful for our listener who uh, has found lots of good uses for yoga. And, you know, for all of us, watch for those red flags. If things are pulling us away from Christ, that's a bad thing. In everything if, in life. I mean, you're going you're gonna to get further away from Christ watching the Browns game at the bar. Sure. You know, so, I mean, it, it, it don't, don't blame yoga for it. I, 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 I watch a worship service happen up in Cleveland eight times a year. 
Yeah. And I, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm like all everything mm-hmm. that pulls us away from Christ. So let's not demonize things mm-hmm. or be afraid of it. Let's just redeem it and use it for what it is. If you missed that reference, he was talking about the eight home games at First Energy Stadium. <laughs> so it's real good. All right. Let's go ahead and dump, jump into our uh, third question here. This listener says, well, several passages in the Old Testament speak of not eating meats from unclean animals. Mm-hmm. The New Testament is clear that there are no food restrictions. Could you please address this? And I'm going to use her word contradiction to help us understand why these restrictions initially came to be and why they were later redacted. So good Bible question here. And Jeff, I know a lot of people that um, they, they have a little bit of background in religion and like, well, I don't believe in God. A lot of times it's this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that keeps them from even entering the conversation. It's yeah. like, see, there's contradiction. And then they just walk away from the, the, the room. So how, help us kind of navigate this a little bit. So the, that is a great question. Um, in the old Testament, when God gave dietary restrictions, um, like he would say, don't eat any animal that has a cleft hoof. Don't eat anything that crawls along the bottom of the sea, etc." Right. He would give several things like that. Uh, when, when God gave the law in the old Testament, uh, old Testament, he gave the law for two primary purposes. The secondary purpose was to be protective, right? So God sometimes would prohibit things or insist on things around food and or illnesses or cleanliness that would protect people, things that we would take for granted today, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you, uh, I just, was studying some history and um, uh, the people on the Mayflower when they when they came over took baths once or twice a year. Whew. So there were certain instruction that God would give to the Israelites. Remember they were they were an ancient people. So he's like, yeah, like you should clean up, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So th- that was a secondary thing. It had this practical effect. The primary reason that God gave the law was to delineate his people from the people around them. Hmm. So in the Old Testament, when God uh, looked at Israel and said, you're going to be my chosen people, the Jewish people, what he had was a come and see mindset. So he would say, hey, Israel, you live this way. Um, I want you to be clearly delineated from the people around you. Circumcision was one of those things. Um, uh, religious festivals was one of those things. And dietary laws was one of those things. So the Jewish people wouldn't eat what everybody else ate. And it it delineated them. It, it helped them help other people know that they were a group unto themselves. And then what God said was, if you obey these laws and you delineate yourself and identify yourself specifically with me— I will bless you in a unique way. And when I bless you in a unique way, all the people who came and saw will know that I am God and will be able to have access to me because they'll understand that I, as your God, am different than all the false gods that are their gods, right? So this stuff was meant to set people apart. It's... um, it's kind of like somebody who says they're a vegetarian or a vegan. You almost always ask why and have a conversation about it. Hmm. 
So in some ways, like, why won't you eat pork or lobster? Well, here's why. And then you would tell the story of your God, who is the one true God, and it would spark that conversation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, so that was the primary reason that, that you would do that, because God was saying, I want people, I want Israel to be a beacon, and I want people to come and see what I'm like as my people are a beacon, right? Now, in the New Testament, when God releases those dietary laws, he does that through Peter. So Peter has a vision of animals that come down in a sheet, and God says they're no longer unclean, right? So he goes back, and he's talking to the early church. The early church was primarily Jewish. Mm -hmm. And there was a controversy in the early church that Peter was a part of, and the Apostle Paul was a part of too. And the controversy, or the question was this, in order to be a Christian, do I have to be Jewish? So do I have to become circumcised? Do I have to follow these dietary laws? Do I have to keep these festivals? Is that what, is Christianity a different version of Judaism? And what God did when he released uh, Peter from his Jewish restrictions was he said this, in essence. He said, my plan has changed. So my plan is no longer come and see. Have my people live so uniquely that people see that and they're attracted to me. My plan now is go and tell. Mm-hmm. So I want, I want to fulfill the law and... Uh, alter the plan, so to say, so that now my people go to all the people so that by all people, by all means possible, we'll make every effort to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if that means that you go hang out with Gentiles and you you now are unclean, according to Old Testament Jewish law, uh, somebody makes you a, a pork chop, you can eat it because my identifier is no longer a nation. I, you are a nation unto yourself. Mm. And the bridge into that nation is not Judaism. The bridge into that nation is the gospel and salvation through Jesus Christ. So God, it does not contradict itself. It completes itself. Mm-hmm. And so when you read the, the scripture, the scripture is a unfolding story right and so it's not that it's not a set of rules and it's not a academic process where in the old testament two plus two was four but now it's seven (laughs) that's not what the bible is it's how we interact with it a lot but that's not what it is the bible is a narrative right so just like in a movie you would watch a character develop that character is not contradicting itself it's being revealed the fullness of the character Mm -hmm. and and the bible would work like that where we see the fullness of god in christ Uh, he is the manifestation of of the father and of god and um his heart is like now that i'm interact i've created and i'm interacting with my church after the crucifixion now the identifying mark is not physical or dietary it's love and a dedication to the gospel and a fellowship of the gospel so 
So that's how that plays out and how it kind of unfolds over over time. That's awesome. You'll see, uh, if you want to read those for yourselves, you'll see kind of the culmination of that conversation with Peter and the leaders of the church in Acts 15. And you'll also see in Matthew 5, 17 through 18, Jesus say that I'm the one that came to fulfill the narrative, to fulfill the law. Yeah. And so uh, check those out. And you know, if, if this is something you maybe even struggle with, like, okay, how does this work? Dive into those passages, memorize a couple of those verses, and continue to seek the Lord on on your heart in this scenario uh, as well. And for the, and for the present day believer, this is even our yoga question and kind of our whole podcast today. the The question is not what is clean or unclean. This is back to like the f bomb, right? It's not what is clean or it's unclean. The question for the believer is what is profitable or unprofitable. Mm-hmm. So in the New Testament, God gives moral standards about sexuality and all those kind of things. But things like language, food, alcohol, God isn't going to give absolutes on those things uh, because they don't fit an absolute. So I'm looking and I'm saying, what's the upside of using the F word right. spiritually for the cause of Christ? There's no profitability to it. Uh, what's the upside of... of uh, of having five beers instead of one, even though you can handle your liquor. Like, well, it's just not profitable. Like, it's not, is it? Is it a sin? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know your tolerance. I have no idea, but there's no profit to it. Uh, the big one right now is marijuana. I'm like, what's the upside of marijuana? And, and some will say, well, medically it helps. I'm like, okay, then it's probably not a sin medically (laughs) if it actually is helping but recreational marijuana like what's the upside makes me feel good well the bible says don't be controlled by anything but the spirit there's nothing profitable Mm -hmm. and that's why you would not put that into your life right so the the question shifts um because the identifier yeah. Yeah. When you love someone, you don't look for ways to not offend them. You look for ways to love them. That's right. And so if you love Jesus, how can I love Jesus as opposed to, well, if I do this, it's going to offend him too much. I don't try to get away with as much cheating as possible before my wife would get mad at me. I just love her and try not to cheat at all. Right. That, that's <laughs> yeah. Or don't. And, 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 and that's, that's the, that is a evolution, so to say, mm-hmm. of how God has worked with humanity. Yeah, super good. Well, Jeff, thanks for helping us navigate all of these questions today. And for you out there that are listening and that submitted these questions, I hope and pray that those were helpful. If you would like to submit questions, uh, you can always do so at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And we would love to get to these. We always have a little queue of questions that are coming up, and we would love to interact with those and help us all navigate these mixed messages that are around us. If we can help you take any next steps, some unique places where you can grow in your faith, we'd love to do that as a church. You can always join us on the weekend if you're here in the area or join us online if you're not. Um, And we would love to, again, help you grow in your journey closer and closer to Jesus. Uh, Make sure you subscribe or follow, rate, and review our podcast. We'd love to do that. Keep getting the word out there with other folks and help them as much as possible. So that just like you, we can uh, help them navigate all these mixed messages around us. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all of these mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.